Exercise your freedom in Christ using good judgment. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. Today we're picking up in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 through 13. We will finish the chapter today. Uh, it is one of the shorter chapters in 1 Corinthians. Um, this is part two of the conversation we began yesterday on Paul's teaching about food sacrificed to idols. And um, he pivots today away from whether or not eating food sacrificed to idols is specifically right or wrong versus the impact of our witness on others. And I think the greater concern in the use of our freedom in Christ is, in fact, the impact of our witness on others. Um, There may be things that for us is not a sin, but its impact on a um, less mature brother or sister may cause them to stumble. And in that sense, we've sinned uh, because we haven't been looking out for uh, the brother or sister uh, who is weak in a certain area. And uh, so Paul addresses that today. Um, So let's prepare to study. uh, But before we do that, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are a God of grace and mercy. Lord, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for your grace. We wouldn't We wouldn't be hanging around Jesus if it weren't for his mercy. And uh, we're grateful, Lord God, for what you've done for us. And uh, we're grateful, Lord God, that in Christ we're really, truly, and actually free. (laughs) Uh, Jesus fulfilled the law, and um, we're grateful that uh, uh, he has set us free um, from the legalism of the law to walk in grace and mercy. But Lord, uh, it's important that we not abuse the gift. And it's important also, Lord God, that in our expression of Christian freedom, we don't trip others up. And so we pray, Lord God, that you would give us wisdom uh, in our walk as we study your word today. Um, Inspire, encourage, and challenge us, we pray, as your Holy Spirit teaches in your name. Amen. All right, this is 1 Corinthians 8, 7 through 13. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We're no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone with a weak conscience sees you, with all your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way, and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ." Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. Now, if you combine the teaching from yesterday and these words from uh, today, um, it could look like Paul is uh, walking the tightrope of some very interesting logic, uh, almost... um, 
contradictory logic in a way. Um, he's making it clear that there's no restriction on the believer for eating any kind of food. Uh, and, and the issue really is not food uh, per se. And Paul makes that clear in verse 8. He says, food does not bring us near to God. We're no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Um, Jewish converts to the Christian faith had some hang-ups about food too because of the ceremonial uh, cleanliness uh, issue related to some foods versus other foods based on their experience having been covenantal Jews. Um, But Paul's uh, statement is clear. Food does not bring us near to God. It's the food is not the issue. The issue is our witness. And he spends the entirety of verses nine through 13 to talk about the impact of our witness on less mature brothers or sisters, or our impact uh, in witnessing to those who are still outside of the faith. Um, That person who's maybe curious about Jesus, but not sure why a mature believer, someone who professes Christ, who lives as a Christian, who talks about their faith, would be doing this or that thing. Now, we can't allow um, uh, some sort of legalistic idea of of walking a tightrope in our personal lives keep us from enjoying the freedom that we have in Christ. But Paul's point is that we should we should be due diligent in the use of our freedom. We should be careful that we're not causing someone to stumble into sin by them seeing us participate in some behavior that for us is not sin, but for them might be uh, if it's an area where they struggle. Uh, for instance, Christians often wrestle with the topic of the use of alcohol. The Bible is clear that um, the biblical standard for uh, things like that is to do so in moderation, to not get drunk on wine, um, but to be careful in our use of those things. There are people in our lives who struggle with alcoholism or um, who have been tripped up by their use of alcohol in the past. And so we want to be careful in our witness to those people. We want to be mindful of when those people are are uh, with us and how our behavior and choices might impact them as it relates to our witness. Um, and so Paul is advocating that we be aware that others around us may not have the mature view we have on certain things or the mature ability to utilize certain uh, things in their freedom uh, without those things becoming excessive and, and becoming a stumbling block for them. And so Paul's metric is that um, uh, we're careful in the use of our freedom uh, so that we don't trip up another brother or sister and cause them to sin. Um, he says, when we sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, we sin against Christ. Um, and so verse 13 says it so clearly, therefore, if what I eat, and we might replace that word, if what I do, if what I say, if what I um how I use my freedom causes my brother or sister to fall into sin. I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. And so Paul's point is um, that we, yes, we're free in Christ and we don't need to be bound by legalistic rules and silly, um, you know, uh, things that we apply to our lives that God himself would not apply. But we do need to be careful that in our witness to others that we're mindful of things that might trip them up so that we uh, can move them 
closer in the direction of Christ and not do things in our lives that would be confusing to them or harmful to them. All right, my friends. Well, this has been a great chapter. Again, you can see Paul's pastoral heart here in addressing these issues and wanting to challenge the Corinthian believers um, in their witness. And uh, it's always good for us to be reminded that uh, there is a watching world. There are people out there uh, translating our lives, and it's the first um, it's the first encounter they have with the gospel uh, by translating what they see coming in and out of our lives and, and the witness that we uh, provide them might be their first introduction to Jesus. And so in light of that, uh, I think we should all pray for wisdom uh, and um, that we would just be mindful of those who are around us, especially those that we're witnessing to who are uh, not yet a part of the family of faith. All right, my friends, God bless you. Uh, may you walk in the freedom of grace and mercy today. And uh, let's take to heart what Paul has said here this morning. God bless.